So yeah, those those are Super Weenie Hut Junior. Resistance is just Weenie Hut Junior. And then Bad Batch episode three and four are uh, Salty Spittoon. Incoming transmission from an unknown source. It seems to be urgent. Patching them through. They're calling themselves the Holonet Marauders. Well, hey everybody. Welcome back to the Holonet Marauders podcast. I'm joined here every time. My name is AJ, Boston Kylo on Instagram, if you guys want to go check that out. Plugging myself here early. And I'm joined here with Jamie, a.k.a. Jam the Jedi, and Matt, Matthew, a.k.a. Matthew. Ma- Matt. Matthew. <laughs> um, how's it going, oh, guys? Go- going well. Going well. First time yeah. in a while, it's just the three of us. I know. It's, it's a little weird. It is I, weird. I have to talk to both of you and just both of you only. There's no That's buffer. Fine. This is like That's the good. Seinfeld episode where Elaine and George have yes. to hang out. <laughs> Where's Jerry? There's no Jerry. That's uh, all their nights. They're uh... <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> two people will get that reference. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk about <laughs> we're gonna talk about the Bad Batch. We're gonna review episodes three and four. Yep. Uh, countered or Jesus, cornered. <laughs> oh, okay. We're gonna episode cornered three. is four. Yeah. Three is episode. replacements. Four is yes. cornered, not countered. Yes. 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 So, spoiler alert for Bad Batch episodes three and four. Yes. So, if you haven't watched those, go that. do so. Great episodes. Um, yeah. What do you guys overall think of the episodes? You know, before I'm we. I'm loving the show, and like, yeah. you guys, you guys already know this. Like, I, I am loving this show, and it's, it's building. It is building. I just rewatched like a little bit of um three just to reprep again for this, and like, it is building a lot more than we think, and I think that one of the things that in our like live streams the past couple weeks because we do the show recaps bi-weekly for the podcast so we do the two episodes right but we've talked like with other people about um the episodes one at a time so far and something that i feel like they're building to a lot is i think that the main goal of this season is going to be access the chip and deactivate their chips that that is their main goal um because it's 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 something that like people have been like oh is it gonna like end with like um the battle of Camino and like the rebellion on Camino, but I don't think it's going to get to that yet, but we'll talk about that later. But I think at the moment, everything is leading towards, they're just going to at least find and deactivate the chips. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it was episode three. It was, um, what's the name of the episode? Replacements. 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 It was replacements that kind of introduced that ticking clock, right? Cause now you have Wrecker who hit his head and is having mm-hmm. headaches and, you know, so we're starting to stress out. We're like, uh-oh, actually, their chips aren't as defunct as we thought they were. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good guess as to where this season will go. I personally think it will probably end with the beginnings of a clone rebellion or a Kaminoan rebellion. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I don't know. A little bit, um, yeah. You'll see that it's there, but, de- but it won't start yet. You're definitely right about... Um, that being probably the main goal of the season. Then again, I don't know when they're going to meet Rex. Hey, we're twenty. I feel like we're twenty-five percent done with the season right now. If you can believe that. Yeah. So yeah. that is. And oh, that makes me sad. And I know. If we go by tra- if we go by trailer rules as well, we've pretty much seen almost every shot out of that trailer. In the so past Rex has episodes, to be like so... next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Really. So, I think that Rex is going to be the catalyst for them cutting their chips out. 
I think he's, he's going to have, ex- you know, he has experience. He knows what to do. Um, I guess it would kind of add a little more uh, legitimacy to his line in Rebels that kind of people were like, you know, wait a minute, he didn't cut his chip out, even though he says he did in Rebels. It's like, well, he's now cutting other chips out oh, of people. Right. So, you mm-hmm. know. Um, Plus, uh, as you're like saying the whole like cutting the chip out and like Rex obviously has the info. Rex knows everything that happened to Fives. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and that has to be brought up because Fives and Echo, they were tight. They were tight. They were the tightest. They were to brothers, be like closest brothers. So like, so Echo is gonna learn stuff. There has to Echo... be some light shed on that because like that happened, yeah. and that was like one of the best Clone Wars arcs uh, with mm-hmm. Fives finding out the truth and whatnot. Yeah, Fives and then and Tup and, oh, we don't gosh. really see much delivered on it. Um, we thought we were gonna mm-hmm. when we saw Az on Camino, but obviously mm-hmm. he probably had his memory wiped and whatnot. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be um, Rex to tell Echo the truth eventually here. Yeah, because like we've like mentioned it before in um in the original Bad Batch arc in season seven, Echo obviously is very confused as to why pretty much everyone's gone. The only people that he like hung out with that are still there are Jesse and Kix, and he's like, he like doesn't ask Rex, but like like Rex can like tell obviously, and so like it's yeah, and and we know Echo is looking for him too because everything in episode two um at the mention of Rex, Echo like shoots out of his seat and he's like, where is he? What's going on? And so he like he needs he. That's what's going to happen next, I'm pretty sure. But let's talk about what's happened so far yeah. instead of what yeah. we going to happen. We're, we're talking about uh, episodes five and six today, so <laughs> before they come out. So let's start with replacements. They yes. uh, they get stuck on a moon. The Bad Batch gets stuck on a moon um, with a creature on it, very similar to Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it even had that same kind of like uh, shot with yeah. Echo being, or not Echo, with Omega being Princess Leia and... Yeah. Uh, Whatever it was, the what were they called? They were moon dragons. Something wait, like that. Odo yeah. moon dragons. Ordo. I think. Ordo. Ordo. Ordo moon a, dragon. It was Mando territory, but that's <laughs> playing the part of the Minoc. Yeah, I I loved all of that. Like I loved those like little like moon dragons too, because at first, like when you see them, it kind of looked like they would have been. Oh geez, I forget the name of them. Uh, the Firenox, the shadow like wolves in Rebels. Oh yeah. Um, I thought it was that at first, but then it turned out to be like it was pulsing with electricity, like a pergil, and it's like. This is a really cool blend of an animal. Um, there's been a lot of like fun creatures in the show so far, and like we'll talk about that in about episode four. But like I, I love everything that they've like shown so far. There's been so many like references to other content and really making it an interconnected story. It's not just like on its own. Like the past two episodes alone, there's been like a lot of interconnectedness to all the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, don't even get me started on the resistance references. From we'll, get there, we'll get yes! there. We'll get there. Yes. We'll get there. Can we talk about it now? No, we'll get there. My favorite part of my favorite. Um, well, the part of the episode that's some of my favorite content we've gotten so far this season was uh, it was cool to see it split between what Crosshair was doing and what the Bad Batch was doing yeah. and what was going on with Crosshair and his uh, elite squad there. I forget their technical name. I think they're called the Elite Squad. Okay, well, then I nailed it. Then I nailed it. I think you nailed it by accident. So what's going on at Camino? it's very dark. We see them go to Onderon to finish, quote-unquote, finish the job that the Bad Batch kind of started. And that was, like, that was some of the darkest stuff we've seen in Star Wars animation. Honestly. Yeah, very That was, was like, pretty shocking. Something that I've noticed about the Bad Batch um, right off the bat is that it really isn't the kind of show that grows with its audience. It's already there. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we talked about this at one point 
you know, it really is just a continuation of Clone Wars. I mean, it really is almost just like season eight of Clone Wars, yeah. where you have your Clone Wars audience. They've already grown up. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to start it off kitty. You can jump straight to, you know, killing civilians. Yep. <laughs> it's just, and because there's a lot of death in this show. And I don't, I mean, I guess Clone Wars early seasons had a lot of death just because it's a war and you see the clones, you know, getting shot down. But I don't know, people with faces getting shot out of the sky yeah. or being, you know, it's mowed different. down by like a, with a flamethrower in the mix. It's like, that is different. Yeah. That's much different. Um, so like, yeah, this show has definitely jumped like five steps and is like, oh yeah, we're already, we're already where we should be in like season four or five it jumps in terms of like how adult the, it is. In the first drop of the logo, it's Clone Wars yeah. burning to the Bad Batch. Like it, the shoe has yep. fallen. We know that this is going to be like, <laughs> she was dropped. She was What's falling. the term? She was falling. <laughs> I was, you was honestly dropped? said the shoe has fallen and I was thinking to myself, is that right? So All I could think of was Harry Potter, uh, Deathly Hallows. The ministry has fallen. The shoe has fallen. <laughs> Mystery has fallen. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, um, but yeah, we knew immediately it would have been like crank it up to like 11, but with like um, the actual like violent content. Um, like yeah. Crosshair alone, he has been cranked up to like a thousand with like his enhancements. Literally, yeah. So yeah. they were like, well, he's going to be really bad. So let's just show you all the bad things that he's going to do. And uh, just that was. All the scenes was... like on Onderon were absolutely insane because like we have like the kill shots like through the glass and like people being set on fire and yeah. finish the job and Crosshair just straight up executes his team member because he didn't do what he was supposed to do, which I'm pretty sure followers. is a war crime. But oh, yeah. um, oh, there's a lot of war so, crimes. So is killing civilians, there. but that's a different story. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on right now, and it's it's the Empire. <laughs> yeah, it's. The Empire and war crimes are basically synonymous with each other, so it's good that they're getting it, you know, right off the bat. They're uh, they're jumping right mm -hmm. into form. Yeah. No time wasted on those war crimes, Empire. Good job. I think um, something important to note again for the replacements, uh, everything that's happening on Kimino with Nalase and Lamasu, they... They are not happy with the deal. That's with whatever's going on right now. They are not happy at all. And the deal's getting worse to... all the time. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. You're right. It's definitely going to point to eventually um, either they do something drastic in which the clones will like flip back, or they're going to do something crazy, and or the Empire is just going to straight up wipe them out, um, which eventually will, you know, lead to a communal rebellion. And it's it's just so interesting. And I guess it kind of leads into episode four with Omega being hunted by a bounty hunter. Um, I have a good theory, and I shared it last night with you guys, but I want to hear your thoughts about that. So Omega being hunted, who do we think is hunting her? Or like, what do you think is going on with that? You know, yesterday I said I thought it could be the Empire, but I guess now I'm kind of, I don't know, taking that back. Because I'm second guessing that that uh, prediction just because I don't think the Empire knows about Omega yet. Yeah, I think that's the uh, most important question is who knows about Omega and who that's thinks the thing. that she's of value. The only people who know she even exists are the Kamino and so Nalase and Lamasu. And I don't think Tarkin knows that Omega is special because like he saw Omega like standing next to her, but it's like... Yeah. He was very casual about it. Yeah. He didn't seem to care about her. So yeah. So like I mentioned this on our stream the other day that I think that it's Crosshair who's looking for her, um, not to kill her obviously, just to bring her back. 
because she's an asset to the Kaminoans. And, like, I don't know if it's some sort of, But is of, like, he working for the Kaminoans? Yeah, so that maybe there's some, like, ulterior motive that the Kaminoans have, like, within their programming. Like, you know how, like, Order 66 and the yeah. whole chip thing was a failsafe. Maybe they built it another failsafe. Um, maybe the chip itself is making him follow their orders instead of the Empire. Right. Maybe they're exactly. installing him with, you know, secret... Uh... Yeah. It's so, some Winter Soldier vibes good, going it, on over there. Yeah, that's a good question. It makes sense. Um, your theory makes sense because Crosshair is one of the few people who knows who Omega is, other than the Kaminoans, really. Because mm-hmm. um, it's a very short list of who people that know Omega and know that she's valuable. But um, the, the only thing I th- with that theory that hangs up for me is like um, Crosshair follows orders. I mean, he always says that good soldiers follow orders. He's not really like a a leader. I guess he is a leader of his squad now, but. It's, he'll he shoot you for I saying mean, that he doesn't seem he would follow someone else's orders to do that i don't think he'd be the one to reach out to a bounty hunter to right. he would be he'd so, be doing the bounty himself so historically oh, yeah, definitely we know the kimino uh got a bounty hunter to make all their clones exactly so that was they my definitely have their contacts out there well um, what if so they may have asked themselves or they may have delegated it to crosshair to be like hey find someone what if boba tabs on someone Boba has a obviously a strong attachment to Camino. We don't know what he's doing right now, but what if he kind of knows the deal with what's going on there? What if he knows who Omega is and he knows the situation? Or what if the Kaminoans simply... We know Boba and Fennec do have a connection eventually. What if... Mm-hmm. Um, what's the female uh, Kaminoan's name? Nalase. What if Nalase knows Boba? I mean, they were, you know... Yeah. Um. It's your father. What the hell home. happened to Tan Wee, by the way? Oh, that was Tan uh, Wee. So that's my bad. Yeah, Tan Wee's No, like Tan Wee is from. Uh, but Tan Wee's the one that knocks the on the door. Yeah. So what if. Tan Wee's, yeah. That's it then. Tan Wee's the one. But where did she go? She's probably like still around. Yeah, there you go. So Nala Se is the lead scientist. And so she's the one that literally did all like the grunt work for making the DNA and whatnot for everybody. She was the jerk in the Clone Wars. Yeah, she's talk about jerk in the fives arc. Like she's she's like oh, yeah. bumped up a little bit, and like you know she's a better character now. But because like she's not like wanting to kill Tup. Um, <laughs> but like we we know she cares about Omega, and at the end of the day, I think it's just someone on Camino, Nala say, uh, just wants Omega to come back, and we don't know what they want her want to do with her yet. Still, I think that's the scariest part is that she definitely cares about Omega, but. Why would you? There's definitely some like testing going on because like remember in like episode one like Omega says to Echo, oh yeah, I don't like it when the machines are hooked up to me too. So it's like Omega, yeah. what happened to you? What are they? Why doing? would? Yeah. Why would she let her go? Only to that's the thing. Back yeah. Down. To say f you Empire. That's why I don't think that maybe it was the situation. They... But then that's yeah. the thing. It's like Crosshair though. was literally like had her in his crosshairs. Yeah. Uh, when they let when she let her and the crew escape. So I think that was like her only option where she's like, do I let her get captured by the empire or get killed? Yeah. Or get killed. Yeah. So I guess, you know, her letting Omega escape kind of goes against our, you know, secret crosshair orders that he's following we'll for see. the Kuminoans. We'll I see. Can, I can have a crack I mean, it theory, is quite okay? possible. <laughs> yeah, no, crack theory is a fun. It's one. very possible Palpatine knows every project that's going on there. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've had our people have their theories of, who Omega could really be, and I mean it, that could be an important asset for him. 
Yeah. So. Speaking of projects, um, this is a fun way to tie it into, like, you know, um, references to other things. So we've got a lot of references to Rogue One in the past couple of episodes. Yeah. So yeah. obviously we have Jin when she says listing off all the projects. Uh, Project Omega, Project War Mantle. These are two projects literally mentioned within the past couple episodes. Um, and then my personal favorite one in episode four the little clone trooper wooden doll. <laughs> yes. Um, which... I love the clone trooper stormtrooper wooden dolls. Yes. I love the that like They've I so... guess it like makes sense. Oh, it's it's adorable. Yeah. It's like yeah. It, I yeah, it just immerses you fully. And like I yeah, we'll we'll drop the references first, then we'll go back and actually look at the scene, right? So like I, I love the little wooden dolls, and then I, I love how she's just being a total kid and just like looking at everything, knocking everything over, and it's fantastic. And then she yeah. gets distracted by a dog. <laughs> And then the the, the, dog, little, uh, the little the little the vorpaxes, yeah, which is he, gra- he grabs the doll and uh, runs away, and she's like, "Wait, give me, give me so the doll cute. back!" It's like a, that's like perfect adventure, like, just like it's, silly. Yeah, it's great, and it, it was so whimsical, and I loved it. And like, I love how we always have a situation with Omega in which she gets to straight up be a kid and get into whimsical adventures, and then like almost dies because you know that's what happens in Star Wars when a kid goes missing. Um, that's true. But yeah, the the dog, the little dog, the two of them are literally um, Tora Doza's little dog, which was Buggles. Buggles. And I'm I'm so excited to see these little chicken leg dogs, and like it's uh, they're so cute. And that was like, oh my god, I was just, so happy when I saw it. It's huge. Him. It's huge yeah. to see something from Star Wars Resistance popping Hot over take. into. I don't think they're cute. Four. I know I think you they're very think ugly <laughs> and they, okay. scary looking. They're ugly cute. Think dude. about it. They, they they're kinda, like pugs. I was just gonna say they're like pugs. Pugs yeah. are cute, but they're also really ugly. So like it's <laughs> it's both. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I I loved the Star Wars Resistance references yeah. for Bubbles oh, yeah. the dog and also Clink. 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 Who is I've learned an Le series droid, uh, and the one that appears in Resistance is Le twelve. Nice. Uh, Nice. So, so Clink was I love the droid the L- that had like L-E the series. like funny like vacuum arms, but like looked like yeah. an astrophysic. <laughs> I love uh, I love that design. Like I'm so like again, I said this before, but like it's it's just a case of like reusing assets. Like they're like, oh, we, we have this droid, and we have mm-hmm. you know these buggles. buggles. <laughs> Let's just put them in. Um, but I love that. Like I, I, I reusing assets is a cool way of world building in its own way, you know, in, in mm-hmm. its own right. I mean, it is, why wouldn't there be Vorpax on Pantora? Yeah. Like, why yeah. wouldn't there be, you know, LE series droids elsewhere in the galaxy if they're not, if they're on the Colossus, you know? Yeah, that's, that's why I, I mentioned it earlier, like the whole we're getting more interconnectedness across the board. The Lothcat Mando, yeah. Yeah, the Lothcat of that. Yeah. We got the more Lothcats in episode four as well. There's the blue and the green blue Lothcat, one, which, just which came they out. just revealed yeah. at Galaxy's Edge. And it's Interesting. Like, <laughs> so unofficial, official Bad Batch merch already. So like that's that's incredible. Um, that whole marketplace on Pantora really reminds me of the marketplace in Galaxy's Edge. I just want to point like that it. out. Now it's that, yeah. almost exactly like that. Like I watching the episode, I almost felt like I had been there before. Because it's like all the shops, the, like the little alcoves, they're all open. You know, there's like uh, different shops, different places. You have the wooden stormtroopers and, and dolls yeah. kind of just like hanging out in the open. Mm-hmm. And like it, 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 
like I said, you uh, obviously you guys haven't been to Galaxy's Edge, but once you I've go the there, I'd say quite, uh, quite watch times. the episode <laughs> before you guys go to the market, and then walk around and be like, "Wow, this." I is think that's like just exactly like the same. I mean, that's a, you know that's supposed to be the feel, but that's like um, a lot of those Star Wars y yeah. villagey city, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. The whole, like, but Star this Wars... one, this one hit different. This one hit like full on. It looked very like bad felt too. exactly the same. Yeah. I, I love in general, now that you mention it, the entire like aesthetic of Pantora because we haven't, I mean, like, I don't know offhand if we've like seen it like this in depth before, but like, I loved everything about like them flying in and it was very similar, you know, to like Mando flying the Razor Crest into Tatooine, which obviously the entire show is like Mandalorian, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, like that and was that's just... Celestin, who's like a lame Pelimoto, who's not even who, just a lame guy just a which sleaze. we found out last night is voiced by bobby voiced moynihan, by bobby moynihan. My favorite our best boy. friend like oh friend of gosh. the show bobby moynihan friend of the show bobby moynihan like bobby the gorg named after bobby moynihan um oh my god but really i it, another tie to star wars resistance because he did the voice of um, orca and resistance as well which is funny this now was that just he a resistance episode huh? So yeah. yeah, I mean like they they pulled a lot of the crew. I think majority of the crew that worked on Resistance is now working on the Bad Batch, um, the actual production team. So like, yeah. anyway, Resistance needs more love. It does. There's been I'm... Like, it's it's super kiddish, but there's been a big resurgence for it recently, and I'm all for it. It's like people pe- when uh, when like Ewoks and droids came out on Disney Plus, people were like scrambling to watch those. Those are way, yeah, those are way more, more kiddish. Than- yeah. Those are like super baby time compared to <laughs> Resistance. Like Resistance is only like slightly baby time. Sli- yeah, super really. Weenie Hutt Jr. So yeah, those those are super Weenie Hut Jr. Resistance is just Weenie Hut Jr. There you go. That's fair. That's. And then Bad Batch episode three and four are uh, the salty spittoon. Salty spittoon. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> That's perfect. Let's see. Let's talk about Fennec Shand. Dude, I, I remember Fennec sitting Shan. here yeah. in one of our first episodes, and we talked about Fennec Shan, and Jamie loves Fennec. I'm like, Fennec's cool, cool bounty hunter, kind of Zam mm-hmm. Wesselish to me, and even more so now. Um, Zam Wesselish. Zam yeah, Wesselish. Yeah, yeah. And then Matt was that like, yeah, I could go either way. Too. I think she's dead. I don't think she's coming back. And nope. I did not think she yeah. was coming back. Now, uh, yeah, because like- You know, now it's look, totally flips. Let's, yeah. Let's roll it back. I'm pretty sure this would have been in one of like the first few episodes of us for- um, Holland Marauders. Yep. When we first see Fennec, um, she gets killed like almost immediately, right? Um, I'm sitting here like she's not just gonna die. It's something not when they're not just gonna kill her off like that. And then she came back and it was great. And then they announced she's gonna do voice acting for Fennec in Bad Batch. And I'm like, oh, we're coming full circle. And I'm like, love it. Um, I thought it was great. I I love to see her in it. Um, it's funny that people were obviously like ranking on um freddie prince jr doing the voice for caleb doom and it just sounded <laughs> awful for me just it was actually it was bit. actually like a little weird for me to hear Mingna one's voice as fennec but not like live action it was interesting hmm. because like for me the voice will always just be mulan yeah i got the same <laughs> vibe like, yeah. yeah you're not wrong about that obviously and like F- fennec is just so smooth and mulan is just so just like oh my god like sometimes like she's like badass but also like like not as like smooth as Fennec and like it yeah. was it was just really really cool to see and we've also interesting to get over but it was really fun. We've never heard Fennec talk that much. <laughs> she yeah. has like I know yeah, she's she's so quiet. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I want to know, um, is that her own ship or is that with like a crew of people? Because like that is a very large ship for just one person. Ship. Yeah, that caught me way off guard when yeah. it was like, man, she lost a lot. Like, is, is that ship just like sitting around on Tatooine? If that's her ship, it has, it and she got like shot. Yeah. It's like black yeah. with a little orange on it, I think. So mm. maybe, oh, th- maybe it's the black and orange gang. Black maybe she's part gang. of the black and orange gang. We're the black and orange gang. <laughs> yeah, look at us. Um, one thing that I wish that they added in, and like I know that like most people in Star Wars for some reason have the same outfit, but at the same time, yeah. they could have changed it slightly. Why, it's, it's, why it's, is it the same? It's literally, it's copy and pasted. If anything, there's a little bit less of a texture to it because it's not real. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's one big difference between her in this and her in Mando. In this, she has a torso. <laughs> true. So. Yeah, that is true. There is a different costume. Yeah. There's no, there's no uh, machines down there. That is true. The other big thing, actually, though, is she doesn't have her sniper rifle yet. At least she wasn't yeah. using it yet. I mean, she may just not have had it in the marketplace because maybe instructions were don't well, kill the kid. So like, yeah, and she was rifle kind of thing. probably more approachable without it. Because yeah. it's like a big oh, deal yeah. when Omega sees the blaster, although she's been hanging out mm. with a bunch of dudes who kill people. So it's like... I know. And Hunter <laughs> doesn't have a blaster on him. I just want to... No, I, I, re- uh, I got to beat everyone He off. just whipped out his knife. He's like... He goes for the knife no, all like, the time. <laughs> but like Hunter is like, oh yeah, let me just pull out this knife. You got a gun? And then he... Hunter it, always It's like bringing a knife. knife to a gunfight, yes. dude. Like, what is he doing? He, <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't work. Like, it didn't work out. I, I love the entire sequence with Fennec, though, in which... um. The entire like chase sequence, and it it was just it was very cool seeing not in sorry <laughs> I might want to say this uh it was very cool seeing like a Coruscant type situation Coruscant. but a little bit less that's the term people from Coruscant it is. are Coruscant. Coruscant. that's on my shirt downstairs <laughs> yeah yeah um it, yeah it was it was cool seeing like the entire like overall setting of this like a uh, Coruscant vibe of this like synth um cyberpunky kind of like thing but also like mixed in with like the pantoran like um aesthetic which is kind of like like a like more of like an indian type aesthetic with like you know like the globe buildings and whatnot and like middle east type kind yeah. of thing which is really cool to like see like them blending multiple things and like pantora was definitely a place where there is like law and order even though it might be like separated from somewhere else because they had a very organized police force um in which fennec took out with like one shot immediately so they're good guards, but like, not that good. <laughs> not that good. Not that good. Another example of you know Matt kind of mentioned it earlier a vicious like uh, not vicious killing but like a huge snipe kind of to the face yeah. chest area yeah. and no, took like, out the other guy and they blew up so it was like ooh that's violent they like blew up and I was like oh my god that's we see like faced like people with faces like blowing up and like dying mm-hmm. like you don't see that even in rebels they would like cover they would cover the imperial. Uh, I forget the uh, what. What would you call them? Grunts. Yeah, the, I guess. yeah. The, the hats would go over their eyes. With the yeah. hats. Yeah. So that you didn't have to like look at their face when they died, <laughs> if they died. It's the second time we've Rebels seen doesn't like to kill a lot of people. Second week in a row, we've seen someone kind of get sniped through glass too. For some reason, that mm-hmm. just adds to it. Also, like you see the bullet hole quickly, and then they just die. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's like, oh my god, that just happened. Blaster hole, um, I should say. I think uh, another. Um, you know things that have happened for the past three episodes at least are wrecker's head um 
I, I highlighted it in the last time we chatted the first time in episode two, he bonks in, in the background. And at the time I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. The humor on this show is top notch. That's when we had Michael on. And he was like, this, the humor is so good in this show. I really want to know the take on it now because it's not just humor anymore. It's not humor right. at all anymore because episode three, he hits it in the crash and it's, it's the same. Ow. But like, I still laughed. Uh, yeah. He, at first, he hit it in the, the tunnel then, and I laughed. <laughs> Yeah, and then he hits it in the tunnel because Fennec straight up, like, decks him. Like, how did she do that, first of all? Like, like, how did she so, knock him out? I know. Like, <laughs> she, used his, she used his weight and her and leverage against him. Like, by... Literally. Yeah. <laughs> all torque. Um, well, rolling it back, though, we didn't even mention in episode three um, Wrecker's tale the entire time of what he was doing. So they told him to stay on the ship, don't do anything because his head hurt. And they didn't know what that meant at the time. And so he decides to just make Omega a bed. <laughs> make her a room. And wh- why did they I have so many cozy little blankets so and like fairy lights yeah, like, the, on the, the ship lights. in the first place? <laughs> like, like he obviously like didn't find those on the moon. So like they just had this like there. Um I, I love it though. And like I Tech Tech has an, a flair for interior decoration that you don't know yet. Because it's his ship after all, right? It kind of yeah, keeps saying it that. It kind of reminds me of like in Rebels when they each have like their own rooms and they each have their decorations. Mm-hmm. And even Sabine has like her painted seat in the cockpit. Um, mm-hmm. The Bad yeah. Batch kind of had that on Camino in their their dorm room there, mm-hmm. their uh, their dorm suite. Yeah, everyone's was all laid out. Echo's bed, nowhere to be seen. So I kind of like to see like the different personalities of each like uh, living quarter. We haven't really seen that on the ship other than Omega's room, but it's just it's cool to see. I'm assuming they're up top, right? So, like, in the second episode, when they're hiding up there, um, and then they all jump down afterwards, I'm assuming any of their bunks are up there, right? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, something that I, like, love about the ship, which we gotta, like, mention as well. We mentioned it before, but, um, Gonky. Oh, yeah. Uh, gotta talk about Gonky. Hasn't been mentioned so Gon- by name yet, but... Gonky the power droid. I think the news of it being named Gonky officially came out right before episode three. Um, and I love how literally episode three begins with Omega just laying against Gonky as if Gonky was like a giant dog and just like chilling. And she's just like on her tablet and Hunter's literally just like, that doesn't look comfortable for either of you. And it's like, being such a mom. Like, he's not being a dad. He's being such a mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh and then they crash land, and, like, Gonky's, like, rolling down, like, the middle because, like, they can't, like, anchor down the droid, right? And Omega's so, like, worried that, like, Gonky's gonna, like, I don't know, explode or something. And then, like, the first thing Hunter does when they get up is he writes Gonky back up, and I'm like, <laughs> everybody loves Gonky. <laughs> everybody loves Gonky. And then Gonky shines again in episode four. He just carries the toolbox while yeah. Tech and Wrecker Walking fix the around. ship. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Anybody who wants a good Gonk story... Uh, just go to our YouTube page. Yes, yeah. underrated YouTube video. It's great. You'll see. You'll find Power Trip, which is great. Mm-hmm. I cannot possibly plug that enough. Made by Ryan Miarelli, the master. Yep. yep. The Very master, good. master of gonk dreads. Thank the maker. Gonk, 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 so, gonk. <laughs> so one thing I was thinking of, you were talking about earlier. Um, do you guys want to create like a pool, see who hits his head more by the end of the series, Wrecker or uh, Kazuda, Ziono? I know. I was thinking of that. Kaz hit his head every episode, so I think they're giving Wrecker's going to beat each other a run yeah. for their money. Yeah, mm. I think so. Wrecker twenty bucks will probably beat it and have um, more consequences because it seems like if anything, Kaz gets like mild like amnesia like as it happens, um, but then he's back. 
Um, yeah, Wrecker, Wrecker just might snap. Yeah. And it's not. We don't, see, I don't think it's. Well. We don't want him to beat the. Everyone's record. building it up, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Like he's, I think his chip will go off. It seems like they're alluding to that. It'd be mm-hmm. kind of a disappointment if it didn't, because oh, he just had a headache. What is that? Chekhov's chip. Um, yeah. After all, right? but it would be cool. What, is, what am I saying? I don't think it's going to be a big deal because it'll be like a one episode thing, I think. Oh, he's he's turned a bit and then like Rex is going to be like, oh, I know how to deal with this. And he'll like deal yeah. with it. And yeah, be it. I hope so. I don't think Wrecker's going to turn. Um, I know someone mentioned on one of our live streams that he'll turn. They'll all slowly kind of turn or something and join Crosshair. And I'm like, I don't think I don't see that happening. So that would be nuts. Yeah. No. OK, they are called the Bad Batch, but they're all very good. They are, yeah, they are good yeah. men. They are good men. Um, maybe not Crosshair, but maybe Crosshair has the potential to be Crosshair's a good, a good man. We can't blame him for what his chip is doing. Yeah, the it's chip the chip is making him do it. It's exact. That's exactly it. That's the problem. Do you think... Because even... Fun speculation. Do you think Crosshair... Eventually, he's going to be redeemed. He's going to come back. Do you think he gets redeemed and lives? I really hope so. I, I would so. really love it if, like, by the end of this season, he comes back. And gets to like atone for what he's done, as opposed to just like, see you later. I'm good yeah. now. Goodbye. Yeah. Or even just like like everybody else. How many else, times have we know? seen a redemption story in Star Wars? And uh, I think that's why people die. love Callus so oh, much. Yeah, Callus. Is, yeah, because Callus doesn't die. Yeah. He gets right. to actually like join the cause. Right. Like again, that's why uh, like Zuko. Yeah. Is another good redemption story because he gets to live. And we get to see, you know, them working to actually undo all the wrong that they did. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You, and don't get wish. me wrong, you know, Vader and, and Ben Solo, or Anakin and Ben Solo, their their redemption arcs are awesome too. Yeah, of course. But, you know, redemption through death, I think, is, is a little bit of an overdone trope in Star Wars yeah. at this point. I mean, we, we always wish so. that people, the characters can live, especially if we love them, but, you know... A death can be very meaningful too, and for a oh, yeah. sacrifice, so it adds it adds well, to the character. Kylo, Ben had to die. I hate to say that. That's a very, 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 very controversial. How many people opinion. just turned and off it's the not, podcast? <laughs> I know, right? It's not for the reason that a lot of people say where he he did really evil things. So you know, he had to die for the audience to accept that. No, Star Wars is all about letting go, right? That's like the one thing that Anakin could not do. That's the one thing that turned Anakin to the dark side was that he could not train himself to let go of everything he fears to lose. The fear of loss is very strong and powerful. And, you know, Anakin at the end of Return of the Jedi learns that, yes, you have to let go. And he kind of lets go of himself. (laughs) He lets go of, you know, the peace order and everything that he'd worked hard or he thought he'd worked hard to achieve. He realizes that's for nothing if his son's going to die. So he has to let all that go to save his son. And he ends up letting himself go too. And that's what happens with Ben Solo, but in an even more intense degree because... He lost everything. Yeah. Well, he lost... Ray died. Yeah. And again, in Star Wars, death is kind of like a finite, like a final thing, right? Like, Unless you're Darth Maul. Once somebody dies, they become part of the Force, and you have to learn to accept that, and you have to learn to let go. And Anakin couldn't do that. And Ben... If he's going to, you know, resurrect somebody, save somebody from death, then he has to let go of something. He has to lose something in return. And, of course, the only thing he really has to lose now is his life. So he has to let go of himself 
to save Rey, and it's, it comes full circle in the selfless love that Anakin failed with Padme, and it's a whole big thing. It's 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 cyclical. Yeah. My brain is fried. I am good stuff. Uh, <laughs> That's a tease for our future uh, Ben Solo special, one hour Ben Solo special. Oh, oh gosh. Ooh, don't one hour. <laughs> one please. hour. One hour of a three. That'll be part. That'll be part one of five. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. So yeah, yes. speaking of uh, fried brains, let's talk about Echo having to pretend to be a droid. Oh, my I love I that. forgotten. It's my favorite thing so far in the show. Yeah. His that outfit is amazing and I'm so sad that Hasbro has ditched the 3 and 3 quarters inch figures because I was immediately looking at him and going, I want a figure. Yeah. That. Yeah. I'm I, not going to get one. I love that look. That was that was one of the trailer shots. I remember when it first came out, um Echo, we see his face and he has the very tight um like balaclava underneath. What the hell? It wasn't our fire line. Giant, you guys got giant mosquitoes or something? I think there's a Cazador outside or something. I don't know what the heck <laughs> yeah. that was. Um, what the, anyway. Um, yeah, Echo has like the really tight balaclava on, and then he just like smacks the helmet over his face. And like I remember seeing that shot, and I was like, oh gosh, this boy looks so sad. Like I, I don't know what's going to happen. I remember like thinking that every so time sad. I saw like the thing. And like he is, Echo is a very sad boy, but knowing that I, I think originally I was like, oh, this is like some like weird like dark armor that the empire is going to make them wear knowing that he literally just had to pretend to be a droid with a welding much, mask like, much i don't better. know what i don't know what he was expecting what? this man has like a mechanical droid arm like it doesn't even look like a robotic arm that like normal people have as prosthetics it yeah, looks like just a, it's droid, a droid arm, arm. Like, and this dude dresses like a droid and he's like oh i'll blend in and then somebody's like that's a droid. And he's like, what? I'm not a droid. So the, I'm so just a super cool like cyborg man that's supposed to be blending in. Like, what was your plan, yeah, Echo? Like, Why did you dress like that? I kinda, the welding mask, the pilot gear, and like, ah, so good. I kind of like the droid arm thing. I know we talked about it before this season where like they have like, oh, you know, you. Anakin has the, you know, he gets a real like nice fake hand and then Luke does and, eventually yeah. too. But I kind of like the idea of like the clones to the greater population maybe to the higher ups that clones are expendable and they don't want to waste that technology on them so echo gets like a crappy little droid hand and i don't know yeah it, I'm, the higher I'm up, the, you know the jedi or the people the fancy people are the ones that get the new technology he does I get two legs that before though. like oh yeah I he mean, does like... <laughs> well but did he get those didn't he get those didn't he get those from the Confederacy? I think so, yeah. So, yeah, he yeah, had yeah. all of those things um, from when he was with the Separatists uh, as a hostage. Yeah. But, like, the droid hands sure knew, they, though, right? They, like, no, that, he had that, like, before. Because, like, that was, like, part of the entire, like, thing when they go back in the Bad Batch arc to figure out whatever. Why did they access. bother giving him robotic legs now that I'm thinking of it? They would have been better off not giving him anything. Uh, yeah. They would have, <laughs> I mean, as dark as it no, sounds, it would have been much better to just have him be like a man with no arms and legs yeah, in a, he, in he a pod. Have, he he yeah. can't escape or do anything. He's just like a human computer at that point that can't really. Maybe they wanted the to make him into a soldier. Not using their brains. Who knows? It's the Winter Maybe. Soldier all over again. Yeah, but like, it's literally. Yeah. Time with Echo. <laughs> um,. Yeah, because, like, I'm pretty sure the uh, once Echo joins the Bad Batch, they, like, revamp him, like, slightly because it has the new paint job and they're black now instead of, like, the silver. But, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> one thing that I, I've, um, has been, like, 
I've like noticing as like the show happens like with Echo in general is whenever he turns like you can see like his like chest piece like moves like with him like it's fabric and at first I thought it was like armor doing that and then I thought about it more and then someone pointed it out to me and they're like no no he just has like padding like or his like belly is he doesn't have like actual like armor like the other guys do so when he does turn and like you see like the fabric move it's because it's, it's fabric so like while yeah, he's the droid version of whatever it like also like does that and like this like shopkeeper is like you're a droid i'll take him it's like no anything it's it's literally the flying dutchman trying to buy spongebob off of mr Krabs. <laughs> <laughs> i'll give you all the money in my pocket uh, for the uh and, and hun- <laughs> what you're talking about with the fabric though i mean i didn't obviously even notice that but that just kind of yeah. points out how great this animation looks, that you can notice yeah. the fabric on an animated character yeah. moving. Um, they, but it's just beautiful. Before yeah. the season, they were like, oh, you know, if, you, if you're able to get like a new nice TV to watch this show, like that's what it should be watched on. And now I get what they mean, especially all the lighting. Mm-hmm. and Yeah. Um, I think Star Wars has an inherent advantage over Marvel in that we like star wars has i said we i don't know why i said we we. (laughs) i'm not like on team star wars versus team marvel no but it's like star wars has already like a base in animation like if we wanted again i said we if they (laughs) wanted to pump out like 20 animated shows at once like not to downplay animation obviously animation is a ton of work with a ton of resources and a ton of people involved um versus filming a live action show and then having like uh, an animated show it's definitely different in terms of like turnaround and i think that's an advantage star wars has i know there there were rumors that they're like ramping up the animation lucasfilm animation is going to start like doing a bunch of different projects um which i'm looking forward to but really i mean that they've hit the point where they're like the animation is perfect and it's just time to start like translating that into different shows and stories and like eras it's time to just you guys have hit your stride it's time to expand now and and grow your animation department yeah i agree completely yeah. all well, of that like so you don't have you know people don't have to rely on just the live action content we can have like a constant scre- stream of content from star wars with animation and live action with animation kind of filling the gaps and you know yeah being almost like a yearly thing where right now we're waiting for mando season 3 probably 2022 and I guess like Book of Boba Fett is a year later, but even then, you can't keep this high turnaround with live action shows going for like a long time. Like we're really lucky right now. I bet things. I wouldn't be surprised if things start to slow down just a little bit because it's just so slow much. down. They're just getting started. But I, I well, get what you mean, though. Rangers of the New Republic has me all <laughs> uh, has me all sad and defeated at the moment. Yeah. I think that they're maybe just taking a pause and a reset for that because like they already will be having two shows going on in that era that are brand new. So Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka. So maybe they're just like reassessing how they want to approach Rangers, obviously with everything that's happened um, behind the scenes with that. So I I I think that they're just going to reassess it. I think that it still has potential to be a show in the future. They're just, you know, taking a step back and being like, you know what? Maybe we don't need three shows live action going on at once. We do. We, We do need three shows. They are huge We do need projects. Rangers of the New Republic. <laughs> I would love to have Rangers of the New Republic because I just, have... I just want more Cobb Vanth, okay? Well, he'll be oh, yeah. he'll be in Book or uh, Mando. So. Book. But I just want more Mas New Pelgo. Republic. <laughs> Mos Pelgo, a.k.a. Freetown, something they never yeah. talk about in the show for some, for some yeah. reason. They never address that. Yeah, I know, in but Freetown had such thematic significance, right? 
Like I wrote a whole article on this on the, the website about like Luke could, may have freed the slaves. This right. was something I got into a discussion with on Reddit with somebody, not an argument. It was actually an a actual like, really nice discussion. <laughs> yeah. Kanja Club is made up of former Hut slaves. They they joined forces and became their own crime syndicate after Ooh, the Huts what if we started to lose power because Luke killed Jabba the Hutt. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. But it's like again, Anakin's one of Anakin's main goals was I want to free the slaves. Guys. And Luke kind of does it. What if we see Sidon Ithado in Book of Boba Fett? Possible. Guys. I mean, he could be in anything. Yeah. Ooh. Tamir Morrison as Kix again. Oh, I don't boy. know. Where, don't when did they find Kix? That's find, way later. That's way later. Yeah. That's like right that's before way later. the sequels when they actually like yeah. find Kix. Um, so, Give me a side on Ithana origin story in Book of Boba Fett where he meets Quiggle. <laughs> it would be like a really good animated series because like they could. It would. It, it could yeah. literally be Rebels, but in the sequel trilogy. He looks so like, good in Resistance. A, yeah. it, it's a group on the side. Yeah, he does. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's all that we really want over here. I asked a question on Twitter the other day. Do you think that Grogu will have uh, new Jedi robes in season three, or new new clothes, or will he be wearing the same thing? New clothes. No, he's got to get he's got to get <laughs> yeah, that Jedi robe. Clothes, yeah. There'll be a uh, yeah. he's got to get the Jedi. There'll drip. be quite a time jump, I yeah. believe. Not quite a time yeah. jump, but maybe couple years a like, year i don't know like i don't i don't think it'll be really? like crazy like anakin style it'll just be like a new like tan coat but like it'll it'll be new clothes though <laughs> they gotta show that, that like time difference yeah and you know we gotta grogu has to be oh grogu has such potential like i don't know again we're going off bad like we're going way off topic here from bad okay. but grogu has so much potential like thinking about people one of people's main complaints about the sequels is that they don't think that Luke did enough. But the thought of Luke training the next generation's Yoda mm -hmm. is monumental. I mean, that's yeah. huge. That's literally like a thousand year long legacy. You know, when uh, Yoda tells Luke that we are what they grow beyond. That's, you know, not just Rey, but there could also be Grogu. And Grogu be, could be the yeah, next Yoda. And Luke like, will have trained the it. next Yoda. Yeah. So then they like, all that's big. are fighting the Grisk as you... Uh... Think during the sequel trilogy. Hey, I didn't say I think that. I said that it's likely to happen. I mean, it's the only thing that kind of makes sense of like where yeah. everyone could. I mean, be I personally, I don't know. I don't even think. I don't even think Grogu is going to be a Jedi for a while. I right. think Luke is going to train him. He's going to get a mastery of his powers. But I think he's going to end up with Din again. By yeah. the end of the series, I wouldn't be surprised if like Din is the Mandalore with Grogu just like by his side <laughs> for the time <laughs> That'd being. Be something and that. You know, if we fast forward, if we do like uh, the Star Wars legacy thing from Legends, they they jumped like a hundred years into the future with Cade Skywalker, who is just oh my god, he's so nineties. Like if anybody Google's <laughs> Cade Skywalker, he's so oh my god, he's got like the ear piercing, he's got like the uh, he's got he's got like the Justin Timberlake hair. It's great. It's like the floofy blonde curls. <laughs> anyway, I'm going off topic again, but. If they do what they did with Legacy, where they jump like 100 years into the future, they skip over multiple generations, uh, and they just like jump right into like this new, fresh story, uh, I would love to see Grogu then having taken up becoming a Jedi. I hate to say it, but it's after Din's, you know, Death. gone. Long after, yeah. That then Grogu can kind of uh, become a Jedi. Again, it's, it ties back to training yourself to let go of everything you love. Mm -hmm. Once Din is gone, then you can kind of become a Jedi. Well, yeah. that's quite a ways away. But right away. now, his attachment is... That is quite a ways away. 
Um, hindering that, perhaps, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. What else we got about the Bad Batch? Oh, yeah, Bad Batch. <laughs> what do you... I really like the ladder from the sewer to the tallest tower oh, in the city. Oh, yeah. What's going the on? Tallest la- the tallest ladder ever. Oh, we did. Yeah. Job, we didn't guys. talk about the guy uh, listening to the tunes oh. in the trash truck. Yes. Yes. Okay. What is that? Okay. Is that recycled or is that brand new Star Wars diegetic music we have now? So I, think I think it's new. brand new. It must be brand new. Like you, That's monumental. You guys know this. Like Star Wars popular music is like my like favorite like random thing to like Love it. figure out. Because like we have... Um, we have it in Jedi Fallen Order, uh, Cal yep. listening to The Who, and then we have like figuring Dan of the Model Nodes play a genre called Jizz, which is absolutely disgusting, oh, but all right. I love um, Jizz, man. We got like the Cantina Band <laughs> nonsense, but then like we also know that there's like the step up of like opera in like uh, obviously in, like Revenge of the Sith, right? Yeah. yeah oh, what players. was that called? Um, Frog Lake. Frog Lake? That's the play they're watching. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Lake. called Frog Lake. No. That's. <laughs> well, I gotta, I gotta Google this now. Oh, I think man. it's Frog Lake. Yeah, so we we have like all of that, and like we haven't really like dove into like what is like Star Wars popular music because that's not really something that you would like know at like face level for like any sort of thing. Um, we know that radio stations exist within the Star Wars universe. Like we have like a radio station at Black Spire Outpost, which is my favorite like fun fact about it. VSO four one point seven two, um, and the fact Squid Lake. It's Squid Sorry. Lake. Squid it's Squid Lake. Lake. Squid Lake. That's amazing. So the play is actually called Squid Lake. Called Squid Lake. It's fantastic. just perfect. That's so perfect. Yeah. So like we know that like it's it's something that's just like oh music and Star Wars like yeah whatever you just think of like the score but like what do they listen to like as the characters within the universe and now we you're have leaving out one of my favorite examples. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. The one that uh, oh Zeb listens to at the end of like or like the right before the end of like I think season two or three. When he when he brings out the folding chairs and he has the radio and it's like this like uh like yacht rock almost yeah. like Star yeah. Wars yacht rock he turns oh, it on yeah. and him and, and Ezra are like lounging that's my favorite instance of music in the, Star um, Wars because I'm like I what are you that. doing yeah. it's similar to the the whole droll planet yeah, thing, the the moon of Viego or whatever they're listening to like the same yeah. kind of the thing kids as well. lounging oh, in like gosh. a hammock yeah yeah and so Jabba like, Flow can't forget Jabba, Jabba yep. Flow which is like same like vein as like can't see any music honestly. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like we have like these like different genres of like Star Wars music, and like I personally feel that like the most popular genre of, of in universe Star Wars music would be some sort of um heavily made by like a computer, electronically made, like a synth wavy type of thing, or like any sort of EDM type thing, electronic um, yeah. stuff that Mr. And, Krabs really likes. Yeah, yeah, like that kind beep of thing. Beep boop 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 boop. So we have this legit like truck driver. Just driving along on Pantora with his headphones yeah. on, just, just, oh, just it's just like he's just jamming to human music from Rick and Morty. <laughs> no, you guys don't get. Do you guys get that? I don't. You no. guys don't watch Rick and Morty. Oh, do I, not, I, I, but... All you Rick and Morty fans out there, that was a little uh, dropping that little reference for you guys. There it is. Okay. Anyway, continue um, with the Aqualish garbage truck driver. Yeah, yeah. Again. So the Aqualish. Yoc- <laughs> Yeah, I love how this this guy is just minding his own business, has no idea what's going on. Omega lifts like the the bed of like the truck, and like the guy still doesn't hear it. Like what a, what a dumbo! But like I I love that like this is becoming a thing. There he is. There he is. There's my boy. Oh, he's jamming. Matt, make it your mission to find out what that guy's name is, because he definitely has one. I don't I'll know if you'll be able to find out right away. That's but, gonna be my um, um, celebration cosplay. <laughs> it's like a turtleneck, yes, a green helmet, headphones. I'll figure it out. Like. 
Oh. Yeah, and then it all it's also a second instance of headphones because like Cal has them in Fallen Order. So yeah. Like, Glasses and headphones. Okay. Oh my the god. New, uh, There's Star Wars Love things. It. There's a YouTube video that is just Aqualish Truck Driver Beats. And it's that song. I can't and I can't wait. Send that one to me. Holy crap. Send, I gotta send that. Send it, send it, send it. Alright, well, um wow. I Question of the Week. Yeah, go for it. It's just him jamming, dude. I guess. Hold on. All right. Are you ready? I've sent it to you. What you got? Save it. Question of the week. What is your favorite city setting in, in Star Wars? City setting? Because after Pantora, I'm pretty sure wow. that was mine. I don't, I don't know. I just loved it. Hmm. It was so unique. I I love a good um city planet. I believe the word is Eucumenopolis. Uh, Ooh, okay. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, um, I love a good city planet. I couldn't tell you the amount of times I've watched them Star Wars Explains like video about like all of the city planets in Star Wars. Universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're just so interesting to me. Um, I don't know. I all of like urban planning in general is just like so interesting to me. And again, going back to the whole like synth wave like vibes and like Madripoor vibes and whatnot. Like I just the whole planet's one big I city. Ba- I gotta be basic, and I have to say Coruscant. Thanks, Ray. Because um. We've kind of seen the most of it, and we've seen how it is different on so many different levels, literally. Like, we have the dark side of Coruscant, we have, like, the lower levels, um, and then we have, like, where the Jedi Temple area is, and it's it's just so cool to see, like, so much going on at once, and I don't know, Coruscant has always just, like, been my favorite. Plus, we have Coco Town, and we have Dex's Diner, yes. so Coco Town. you gotta go where there's a diner. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Jeez. It has to be a city planet. It just can't be a city in Star Wars. Well, it could be That's a city, tough. I guess. It doesn't, you know, eh. city setting. So, city setting. Well, then I I might go for the more backwater city settings. Like uh, I think Jeddah is probably my favorite mm. city setting in Star Wars. That I loved the concept of like a holy city in Star Wars that people like uh, make pilgrimages to. I love the reference in the High Republic. I think it's uh, Into the Dark where they talk about. Uh, the Jedi make pilgrimages to Jeddah as like a rite of passage or like a like a religious experience, which I think it's is really so cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, and I just love the whole—I don't know—I just love the whole holy city idea and and people walking around. You got the brothers of the Beatitude of the Force and the Sisterhood and the Guardians of the Wills. There's like so many Force religions and stuff. Surprise! I just want to know the history behind it. You got those like towering Jedi statues that are on their side. There you go. That could be another show in the What's desert. What's going on in Jeddah? The... I'd love Jeddah was destroyed. I almost feel bad that it was destroyed. Ooh, you know what's a great city in Star it's Wars? Kajimi. Oh, Kajimi is great. Oh, Kajimi, yeah. Kajimi is such Ooh. a good city in Star like, Wars. The... And Canto Bight, Cantonica for sure. But inspirations for these places too. So like Jeddah, Pantora, yeah. very Middle Eastern, a little bit like Russian vibes, and in Pantora with the architecture, a bit of yeah, everything. yeah. Uh, it just looks so cool. And then um. You know, Coruscant. I think Pantora is definitely Russian vibes because not only that, but you also have the like moons of Pantora, yeah. which are like Siberia, yeah. right? Like the, yeah. and and you have that whole conflict with like the Pantorans trying to take like the moons from the oh, I forget there. I forget the name of the Muftak. Muftak? Well yeah. Muftak is the Are they Muftaks? Muftak was the guy Muftak was the species name, name in uh the, spe- the Cantina. And a new hope. That's that's the that's the species. Yeah. yeah so oh, it is is that the character's name or the species? Okay. That's the species names. Muftak. Um, okay. And 
uh, is it the species name? I only I Googled it, it for like name. a split second, saw the picture. Oh, yeah, he's and then the, the big fuzzy white guy. Oh, yeah, the talls. Tall. They're called like, the talls. Funny, the straws. Like, nose thing and the straw nose. <laughs> yeah. They're called the talls, the and tals, they live okay. on Ordo Plutonia, mm. which is which the Pantorans were trying to take for themselves. And it's uh, that has real world inspiration from like how the Russians treated the native the native people of various cultures in Siberia and other places that are really cool, yeah. mm-hmm. Russia. Um, but I could totally see like Pantora being like Definitely. a Russia analog. Anyway, I got way off topic. Kajimi was your other thought for a cool. Oh, yeah. Kajimi, which is like a very Japanese in style. It's a very Japanese inspired style. Can't, you know, uh, Canto Bite is basically like uh, Monaco. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Space Monaco. Films like there. They literally like film there. So. I can't believe they I love did that, that stuff. still, like, filmed at the same place as, like, Game of Thrones. Like, what are, what are they doing? Oh, yeah, I know. What are they, why did they do that? <laughs> why not? Because Gotta get that <laughs> casino subplot in there. Um, AJ, what about you? Well, I kind of said Pantora. Just that, Pandora? I mean, that, that's okay. what, you know, that's kind of what uh, made me ask that question, because I loved that so okay. much. I was like, what yeah. other cities do we really like? So, uh, yeah, I like probably, Kijimi a lot. If so. I was talking about, like, a sprawling city planet, I feel like Kajimi is kind of like that. At least a little bit, because that that city is huge, yeah. the mm-hmm. one that they go to. Um, so I'd probably say Kajimi. I think something that's really something cool interesting style. within Star Wars itself, uh, with a you know galaxy geography and whatnot, which we saw another galaxy map in the most recent episode of them like pointing out like planets they want to go to, and I'm very excited about that. Um, oh yeah. Usually they go to just the one city, and we assume that that one city is what the entire planet looks like, which is like really funny to think yeah. about. Because like just like yeah, that's I like, mean that's how Star Wars kind of operates. Just like think about that perspective wise, like where we live is totally different than the other side of the world, obviously. So <laughs> yeah, eh, whatever. Um, the planets being like one biome and one one culture is like a thing that just happens in Star Wars. Yeah, everybody unifies once you once you discover space travel. There you go. <laughs> Cool. Um, last thoughts on that. Oh, Narshada. Anything? Forgot about Narshada. Nash- Narshada, great. How could I, we I mean, I was going to talk about Mandalore too. The True. city, you know, the giant dome city of Mandalore. Mm. Yes. Uh, I'd love to see that in live action. There's no way we're not. We will, but yeah. it'll so look some, whenever that happens. We, we we joke about terrorists a lot in uh, <laughs> the upper city, the under yeah. city, the rat ghouls, in the sewers. Yeah. In the sewers. Oh, oh god. Man. Right. Is that in canon? That exists Terrace? in canon. Yeah. It has to, right? Yeah. Yes, it does, because there's a senator in Rogue One who's from Terrace. Uh, and yeah. there's a senator that Padme talks with who's from Terrace. That's the only Perfect. time that they like really mention it. We don't go to Terrace in canon at the moment. You just go in KOTOR. Um, well, yeah. that KOTOR remake can take care of that. Yeah, Whatever that's coming. <laughs> Hurry up, guys. Anyway, uh, very cool. Well, I think that that's it for today then, guys. So this was Bad Batch Chat for episodes three and four. Um, Bad Batch Chat. Bad Batch Chat. All right. Bad Batch Chat. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to the Holiday Marauders podcast. You can find us on most social medias as Holiday Marauders. On Twitter, it is just Holiday Marauder. There's no S on that. For definitely check out our blog at holidayatmarauders.com. And then what's that other bit that I needed to say? Oh, yes. For the month of May, definitely check out on our website, hollandatmarauders.com. We are doing a May the 4th fundraiser for the Peter Mayhew Foundation. For more information of how to donate, check out the link on our website. Again, it's at hollandatmarauders.com. So thank you so much for watching the show and then listening as well, our audio amigos.